Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. So I just want to say a very warm welcome to another show of Journeys into Consciousness with Gregory and the White Cloud Group. Um, with help from Little Bird and Mick and Sylvie. Got some more questions going through this week as well, which is wonderful. Thank you for sending some more questions in. Uh, before we get going, um, do you have any, like an address you want to give? Well, my dear friend, uh, it is, uh, we thank you for allowing us to take part in this situation. We thank you so very, very much, sincerely, for all that you do on behalf of humanity and on behalf of those on our side of life. We thank you most diligently as well for all of the energy you create within any other matter that you create with. You are very much a creator, a creator of wellness and information for others. An address I have? No, I have none of it. The only situation that I can say is that we watch the planet of Earth with bated breath purely and simply because as one event unfolds as to the candor or the wit of human state, each individual comes to observe the truth of their destiny and how they must avert the challenges and turn them into right and proper causes. And it's really your turn, friend Leon. Yes, okay, thank you. I mean, certainly there's a lot of stuff going on on the planet at the moment. There's a lot in the news and we seem to be um, getting more and more uh, things happening. You know, there's been confronted with uh, information, I guess, like leaked information. I just wondered, really, there's, we've got the, the apparent financial collapse and we've got a lot of release information that there seems to be secrets revealed. And I just sort of wonder, there's a lot of spiritual people, I think, and you know, myself included, were kind of hoping that if there was a financial collapse, it was because there was a certain kind of energy bringing it about and it wasn't being manipulated by certain humans. And also, if there was secrets being revealed, it was also because it's part of an energy that's allowing that to come out as well. But my gut feeling is that all this uh, secret documents being revealed is some kind of disinfo thing going on by certain people for a, for a certain agenda and that the financial crisis is actually being manipulated by people and that all the wealth from the poor is being transferred to the very rich. Yes, it is an astute observation that you make, my dear friend. The point I would wish to make, and I don't criticize one uh, part or section or other of what you have just said, apart from to make it understood that the leaked information, as I understand it so far, are already matters which have been dissolved in the physical light of day. In other words, they are translations situations of transmission which were actually laid. Therefore, there can be no argument as to their veracity or necessarily to do with the reasons behind why one individual would want to leak or uh, create such information as a part of the uh, general information of the population on your side of life. Apart from to say, maybe, that in some respects, humanity must wake up to actually what is being done in their name or being said in their name. And in actual fact, the secret thoughts that are becoming almost in a sense, it's not that they're obvious, but that they actually have a kind of bearing upon certain factions or uh, situations, I would have to say, to do with tribal ethics 
between one people and another people. I feel, my dear friend, quite rightly, as you point out, that some aspects of this may be uh, somewhat shallow, uh, that uh, maybe the indiscretions of one person of how they think about the diplomacy efforts or the, the actual efforts of a, a, a different government of a different country and what they've been doing is in a sense immaterial because it's simply stirring a little nest that in many respects has already been dealt with. However, there are situations whereby I feel that it is a dutiful statement to be revealed. For example, in this respect, is really to do with such things like the actual understanding of how one country wishes to perhaps subjugate another by simply ignoring the whole condition of its epitaph, of its, of its, its way of life. I'm talking here about the Palestinian peoples and the very fact that they have been completely ignored, really and roundly and truly. It's only been a lip service that has been paid to the situations and conditions surrounding them and their continual struggle for even just one little peep of a voice. So it means to say that humanity has constantly been over the last 30 years in remit of playing platitudes to the various different resounding voices and forces that have been at work. Oh, well, we'll get to a peace solution someday. But it's rightful, in a sense, to point out that it was never, ever on the agenda. Not truly. Not really. So perhaps these kinds of conditions, even though you may feel as though they come from some worrisome quarter, are in fact there for the public domain. Because in actual fact, human beings must wake up to their own possible epitaphs and understand that they must take action, that they cannot just sweep it under the carpet and pretend that the next 10 or a dozen Palestinian children are not going to die because they've had something thrown at them or because someone has decided to take uh, pot shots at them. And similarly, within the other side of Israeli peoples going about their business and something similar happens to them. However, the shoe is always on the other foot. There is always one person who shouts louder than another. And for the world to actually wake up and hear both voices of both camps makes an opportunity come to bring change. On the other hand, in other situations, this is all clouded out by uh, vociferous and uh, argumentative statements from one country to another about one another's behavior. Oh, as though they are somehow going to suddenly change their behavior just because it has been brought to the public understanding. I feel that it is not, in fact, and that uh, really it does not matter that much that such statements are revealed because they will still continue in the way of diplomacy, in the way that they will continue to lie to one another and that they will continue to show malice whenever they feel it is in their best interest to do so. In respect, therefore, of the financial matters, these are situations that we feel, in a sense, that simply because people have, in actual fact, been in this state for a very long time. We have acknowledged over many uh, years, over many decades, in fact, the reasons for why it is that various different peoples in various different countries used laws either for them or against them in order to try to profit the greatest from those uh, little uh, uh, asides, from those uh, 
situations that weren't quite meant to be that way, but that, uh, in a sense, governments had not uh, really corrected the laws of the land so as to stop people from scheming their way through life. And in that respect, then, taking what was not really rightfully theirs. We see in these financial states and status of many countries, and it's not just going to be for uh, uh, situations surrounding Portugal or Spain or uh, Brussels or wherever it is. It could be almost any country that falls into these traps purely and simply because of the way and their attitude of trying to be bring about corruption in many different ways, but calling it something else, calling it, uh, oh, it's a pension, yes, or calling it something else, when in actual fact, it's nothing to do with other people saving their money, it's to do with how other people can use that to that, their best advantage. And what I'm saying in this respect is that it is bound to will out in the end. So please, you have to be careful about how you become sidetracked by matters of one discipline or another or one scheme of people trying to bring further disinformation in order to corrupt the evidence. Think about the evidence as in clarity and what you have witnessed over many years. In a sense, it's a bit like what history is really painted for. The problem with history of past uh, centuries is that you only have the witnesses of the day to paint it. And most of those were already bought. What you have to do as human beings is stand up and not be bought by the witnesses of today but create your own witness statement of what you see, feel, and hear. Okay, so, so do you feel then, in a nutshell, that the release of these files is more towards the good than it is to sort, you know, to, you know, to sort of fulfil an agenda? Well, no, I, I really think, my dear friend, that part of it, you can't throw out the diamond with the coal. You, you have to accept what bits are coal and slag and that those are, in a sense, periphery evidences, some of which, I have to say, are actually quite dangerous because it's putting certain conditions of some peoples, particularly in diplomatic missions and that kind of thing, into a bad remit with their host country in which they are currently living. This, of course, then makes their uh, presence optimally uh, quite dangerous and in actual fact fragile and also potentially has other damaging implications to the relationships of those countries involved. So I'm not saying with frivolity that it somehow doesn't matter. I'm saying that some of it actually does matter and some of it is quite serious, but that there are other parts of it which will be, in a sense, as I say, quite frivolous, really. But the reason why a lot of people that are looking at it with um, an open mind thinking it is a psyops, because normally the mainstream media are very guarded, they suppress information, it's, it's almost impossible to get them to, to reveal the truth. I understand. But whenever they jump on something and just publish it, then you have to wonder there's there's got to be some kind of agenda there and also normally you know if someone's coming out revealing stuff and they've got a big public persona as um mr san has then you know he, surely he would have been dealt with a long time ago but he's been given a platform worldwide to reveal all these truths and you know now they've been they've also saying that they've no, um, given a d notice on media that if people start publishing this stuff, they're going to shut down websites and, and media. So you're just wondering, is it a honey trap? You know, they put the information out there, then it gives them an excuse to go in and actually um, shut down dissidents, if well, you like. Well, yes, I, I do understand where you are coming from, dear friend, and potentially that could be the fact with the notices, as I understand it, the remit of that is really to protect certain qualities of life with certain people, and so as to not infringe upon certain law-abiding conditions or 
to do with military or secrets or whatever. Uh, however, this has now lately been interpreted as being private function as well. So I understand the whole situation and condition to do with this is really, however, that if you have a, a news group in a different country who has already portrayed the story or the event or the situation uh, because they saw fit to do so, means that it is already in the generalistic public domain. Therefore, it means that applying a D-notice to such an effect is completely incoherent uh, because it's already in the public domain anyway. A D-notice, in fact, is really a, a warning, is supposed to be a warrant against publication, does not mean that they cannot. It means that it's a warrant against it. So that means that uh, from our understanding of this, it means that if you have all integrity, then you shouldn't publish it. But it, they, it, that actually due to certain other freedoms, I understand from English law that it means that they can still, in effect, publish it if they really wanted to. However, that means that they also take the consequences of doing so. So uh, if uh, a situation has already been published in another country, then it is, as I understand, an, a fair game situation. Now, if you have this condition and you try to apply it to China, it simply wouldn't exist because the state runs all of the or most of the media outlet anyway. So it means that it's not something that would be equitable to the editors who were in charge of that news group because they would simply be taken out and shot or beheaded. Yeah, I mean, really, I'm just sort of playing devil's advocate here because absolutely, obviously, it's nice to know that this stuff's coming out, and for a long time, people have not trusted the mainstream media. So you're very skeptical when something like this happens, and you want to know that are we actually going in the right direction? Because once someone runs with the ball like like this, it's easy for people to just sit back and think, oh, it's all happening now. But then yes. you could be led up the garden path, and actually, it might not be. Yes, I understand that. Uh, I, I feel, my dear friend, personally, uh, from my own take and observations of all of this situation, was that the problem arose after the situation of 9-11 uh, and the infernal uh, uh, conditions surrounding that was that simply they had the information already in some government departments in America, but they did simply didn't exchange it with one another. So part of what was supposed to be happening as a result of, of this uh, calamitous state of the Twin Towers collapsing and the many lives that were lost of that was that they were supposed to repair the ability for one another to talk in government mental departments and interstate and from one nationality to another. That meant to say that rather than using all of this as a spying network, it was supposed to be in order to share information which is, was of an integral and static nature, uh, which had a certain kind of uh, situation about it, which was really there to improve life and save life, they have actually abused it. So what therefore has transpired is that rather than using it for the purpose of which it was meant, they have simply gone about the whole situation of talking behind one another's backs, of saying untruths, or coming out with almost anything that they wanted to, even uh, although some of it was in good opinion and selfish, some of it will also be really a matter for that country and its attitude to another situation given upon the planet. Not necessarily that they really wanted to make that public. Obviously, they didn't. But my point is that having this whole conglomeration of, uh, of uh, information then entrusted to a few people who would then have access to it to be able to filter it or put it in this box or that box or find it a home somewhere else, whatever they did with it, 
actually meant that it was always going to be at risk for one of these people deciding that they would copy all of this information for themselves. Sorry, but the risk now then, of course, is that they could shut that whole that all down now, and then there's no openness, no transparency between governments and peoples. Yes, exactly, exactly, and that in itself then makes it possible for the terrorist network to then reimplant itself, and then you are back into the same state whereby one country is not talking to another country because of all of the disingenuous uh, circumstances and and situations of past contact that have now unfortunately been revealed means that no one trusts anyone else. And then you have a situation whereby the terrorist situation or however calamitous that that is, it could be something that's driven by criminality upon your side of life. And then simply what happens is that they stop talking from one department to another department and that in itself creates a crisis not just in government or in comprehension but in real communication for the purpose of which it was intended which is that we feel from our side of life that all beings should try to retain the safety of their environment and that they need all of these different informations to make that possible however it is necessary for countries to face up to their responsibilities internationally. And that means that, if anything, they have to deal with the Palestinian and Israeli issue and actually, once and for all, make it right, not walk away and pretend it doesn't exist or that it can never be fixed or they can't be bothered with it. Yeah, indeed. Now, I just hope that it hasn't caused disharmony because there's a lot of truth out there that could be revealed that could really fix up the world and a lot of it is around the money system which is you know going back through the centuries has always been controlled by central bankers that you know create boom and buffs busts on purpose um to take the money free people through taxes so they're going to a country decimate it you know loan the country money secure the loan on the taxpayers then the taxpayers pay back the bankers and the bankers never lose out so even in the bailouts you know so you know, that's where the truth really is, and I just feel that this is just disinformation to muddy the water, really. So Yes, in, indeed so, and in actual fact, through all of those conditions, what then tends to happen is that uh, business then secures certain loan guarantees or whatever it is in order then to pillage the country of its natural resources so that they are then able to profit largely from it and the rest or, or the clique of, of world order is then able to profit from it until they move on to the next. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just before we move on to the questions, a, a blogger called Dean Henderson wrote <laughs> an amazing um, sentence, really, a few sentences. I'll just paraphrase some of it. He put, Obama's proclamation comes as the international banker crowd, apparently immune from broad sacrifice, tries to squeeze concessions from the people of Ireland, Greece, Spain, Portugal, Italy, and now the United States. In their never-ending quest to subjugate the planet, the bankers, IMF enforcer, chronic harassers of third world governments, has turned its sights on the developed world to further advance their dizzying concentration of economic power they threaten to take a giant wrecking ball to the global middle class they are preparing to eat their young. Yeah, I, I, I do understand this. Uh, the, the situation is tenuous. It's, it's a matter of, how can I say this, uh, real well-being, I feel, among peoples to really recognize what is actually happening on their own doorstep. It is essential for countries to have a stable economy, but also for that stability to be in with the wellness and happiness that people feel. And for certain individuals to then make such mockeries of these kinds of uh, uh, situations appears to be very complex and appears to be as though these manipulations are then leaving large tracts of people in poverty eventually. And that's in poverty of mind, health, and welfare, education, 
After all, what is better to do than to actually take the wealth from a country and create it for yourself? In respects, when you have subversion or when you have people who want power for the sake of it, that is going to be from all of our thousands of years of observation of human beings at work. We can see that manipulation is still rife in this respect of um, the few over the masses. And this is a very uh, uh, struggling point, I feel. Not something, however, that we can, in a sense, intervene in from our point of view. We can say, perhaps, how uh, people should respond in this and try to uh, resist with all that they can. It's part of the reason, in a sense, why if you have a situation of such... Uh, uh, these kinds of situations which are uh, extremely perilous, really, to countries, purely and simply having a few people who want to subjugate a whole population and really create slavery from it, in a sense. So, so this is really, I mean, people waking up. I guess this is what people really need to wake up. And, you know, we the people, when once there's enough people that realise what's going on, rather than aiming their anger at one politician, it's really they need to set their sights on actually the people that are pulling the strings. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a tough thing, really. But, you know, I just hope in my heart that there, is, there truly is a momentum and there's a movement that can actually deal with this, really. Yes, I, I understand, my dear friend, and I feel uh, that what you have to do, rather than just sitting there and praying for the situation to be resolved or to be annealed in some way, is that, as you say, in using one's voice, not forgetting that at this present time, you are actually living in a state where by you have access to your own voice. You really do. And that's what each and every one of you has to recognize, is that this voice is real that you have. It may sound a bit wobbly at times and a bit out of tune or a bit out of step to some people's thinking. But what happens is that eventually it comes that the more that you practice using your voice, timid little squeaks come out to begin with and then you begin to find it and you begin to get used to the art of speaking, used to the art of thinking, of connecting with your beautiful pure spirit so that you are then able to bring wisdom and real understanding into your own life, that of your immediate family and also those of others. Education being the most important aspect. I hope that wasn't too depressing. I just think sometimes we, I feel that this is of a magnitude that can't be ignored. And, you know, yeah. if it sows seeds in people and realise the bigger picture, then obviously they can tell people as well. But it's, it's very hard getting through to people on that. Yes, of course. Absolutely so, yes. Okay. Well, thank yes. you for that. <laughs> so I'm going to crack on now with some questions that we've got. Okay, so the first one. If someone is incarnated on Earth, or elsewhere for that matter... Is it possible to speak to their higher self via a medium? And if so, would the incarnated person be aware in any way of this conversation? So in other words, my dear friend, would it be possible for a medium to speak to your spirit or to allow your spirit to speak to you? Or maybe, can you, if, you, if you went to a medium, could that medium contact the higher self of another? Yes, but that really does depend, does it not, upon whether the aspect of what the medium thinks that they're connecting to as to the veracity of the connection and as to whether they actually uh, think themselves as though they are connecting to that beautiful pure spirit or whether it is that beautiful pure spirit is actually connecting to them. It may not be that one person says, I'm going to speak to your spirit and then I'll tell you the result doesn't necessarily bode well, does it? So I'm guessing if you go to a medium, um, you might not be able to say something to someone in the physical. 
basically, right? So you go to the medium to pass on a message to their higher self, I guess, in the hope that somehow that goes into their consciousness and they may change their behavior in some way. Do, do you see? That? That's what I think the question might yes. be angling at. Yes, I do understand that. Uh, my point, though, is that in a sense, in bypassing the physical person in the hope of delivering some message to the spirit of someone who uh, may be that they don't want to communicate with their spirit or maybe that there's some situation block or interference that's going on at the time, then I would have to say that would be a matter not necessarily attuned to a medium because they may not be practiced in that. The, the, the situation usually through a medium is not that they're going to be talking to someone else's spirit who is presently of the physical side of life. The whole condition surrounding that is usually going to be that the inference of that being spirit is not necessarily going to be communicable to a medium. That will be a matter then for the medium to say uh, maybe that they have the power or some such thing glorying in this to be able to speak to someone else's spirit, but doesn't necessarily mean that they are. I would be quite careful about this kind of situation. If, however, you are talking about if you ask of a medium to gain access to some aspect of your spirit or maybe to do with your full and conscious living journey and maybe something to do with your journey before you were physical, then that could be a different kind of situation because you are asking for that difference. You are asking for that information. It depends really on what the information is and the state of allowance the human physical person who wants the information or seeks it, perhaps through the medium, is, wish, is willing to accept. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, what about in a situation, I guess, say if I was to meditate um, yes. and, and sort of tune into my own beautiful spirit and then ask to connect with a loved one's higher self, I guess, are you able to sort of do a sort of soul-to-soul -soul conversation that may have an effect in their consciousness, if you like. It may be possible. However, I would say that sometimes what tends to happen, if you were, let's say, that you wanted to talk to, through your spirit, you wanted to talk to your mother. And the situation was that maybe... Uh, let's say just potentially that she was in the spirit world and you wanted to talk to your mother via your own spirit. The situation would normally become that your spirit and your desire and love that you send out to the spirit world through to your mother will be something that would enable potentially, your mother to become closer to you and to your spirit. Not necessarily communicating directly, although potentially that could be the case. The communication, however, revealed to your beautiful, pure spirit may not necessarily be entirely passed on to you, the conscious physical being. Not because your spirit doesn't want you to have the information and is making alternate or ulterior decisions, but it may be that some information the spirit of your mother has through your beautiful, pure spirit is not actually available at this present time for whatever reason. And it may be that this is a matter of access or a matter of time elapsing so that the information can come through at the right time for when it is relevant to you. All right, so I'll move on to another question now because I'm concerned we might not fit them all in. So another question is, some people say that you can get free energy from water to power, um, from water to power produce power, e.g. to power vehicles either via a Joe cell, a Stanley Meyer cell, or a Bob Boyce or Bob Boyce's work, amongst others. At first sight, this seems to violate the laws of thermodynamics. Can Gregory elaborate on whether these cells 
can actually produce free energy. If they could, could it clearly be a big help for the planet to counter peak oil? Yes, it is potentially possible. We're talking really about the kinetic energy of water, not necessarily something that is uh, divulging because of some other situation or chemical activity or other chemical imbalance created because you bring electricity to bear upon it or because you do this or you do that. It is, it is possible, potentially, that water has a different kind of energy release structure and it depends upon what kinds of structural integrities you put it through which then release that kinetic energy. Okay, so basically I think um, most people in, in sort of the science community um, they hit a brick wall don't they with, with physics and science that you cannot have free energy, you can't have an over unity device where more energy comes out than what you put in and that's kind of classic uh, physics isn't it but, in there sense, are, yes. but there are people out there that claim that they can create free energy and so therefore there's another branch of physics that's perhaps not being taught yes that is quite true and what I'm saying is that in order to create free energy what you have to do is understand mass and its evolutionary scale and what it is going to have to be put through or subjected to in order to release the free energy contained within it. It's a bit like in a sense that many human beings do not understand the relative energy of water in itself or its memory that it contains within every cell of its being. Simply because water transfers cellular memory from human beings, animals, and virtually all life that it touches. It, in a sense, reflects those life energies, thoughts, forms, and histories, in effect. So that's a bit like, if you were a very, very ultra-sensitive person, my friend, you would be able to actually walk to a small mountain stream place your hands within the water of it and be able to filter through the life force and energies of all beings that ever touched it in its journey from its source. And the memories of those life journeys and the presence of how those life journeys then affected the water's balance and purity and pH level and uh, whole chemical state due to the different strata and layers of the earth through which it had passed. So, so that's like saying that what I'm saying in fact is that water contains far more, far much more than you presently understand it contains and that's exactly the same as anything else. Anything else, you can take sand and realize it's not just a load of granules which are heavy. Actually, it's very light. It can float. Sand in itself can be carried by the wind, brought up from one place in the planet and dropped on another place in the planet. The situation of grains of, of salt or some other chemical are a part of the planet and as so its structure of energy and release of containment information that is the things that have touched it and it has touched during its journey will all be a part of its information of the body of light in which it is held so that means not just the the actual condition of the cell itself or the structure of it but the energy around it, within it or through it, of those who have touched it or who have been upon its pathway. And that means to say that if you have one structure, does not necessarily mean to say that just because you see it in its present vacuum 
of how you see three-dimensionally, that is all that it is. It simply means that you do not presently have the instrumentation or the ability to look into the other dimensions of what actually exists. Once this is uh, understood, then the blinds come off, the blinkers are lifted, and then you will come to see that the way forward for understanding about the hidden properties of power and free energy are therefore going to be revealed. Okay, all right, some more questions now. Um, some people describe there being 2,135 human soul groups associated with Earth. Then each of these groups contain 144,000 monad groups. Each of these have 12 oversouls. And finally, each of these um, have 12 individual souls giving birth or giving over 44 billion individual souls associated with Earth, some incarnated and some not. Apparently, within these different levels, one can be more or less aware of the souls therein, um, depending on various factors. Can Gregory confirm um, this understanding? Not at all. The situation is, in a sense, uh, inebriate. It's like saying, the world is flat, but only as long as I say it's flat. And then I will suddenly miraculously make another angle or make another situation that works for me. The universe, you must understand, is full of many, many other lives, many other universe, many other conditions, dimensions, states of reality. That means if you are looking at the state of what soul is or spirit, you are still, in a sense, obviously, by the situation uh, of which you speak, as though you're talking about hierarchy. As soon as you, as a physical being, having an Earth's physical existence, talk about hierarchy in the state of the universe, as you understand it, you have failed to understand because it doesn't exist. These hierarchies, uh, it's another word of saying that this light body or that light body is ascended from my light body, or is saying that this is better than something else. As soon as you try to predict what these betters are from another, means that you are not understanding the perplexions of the universe and the instinctive personality of human activity is to denigrate one or another and call it lesser and to obviously applaud and be generous to others who in a view are ascended above that. Simply by looking at matters of the spirit world in this way means that you do not have the picture with respect. You do not have the picture. The picture is that all beings, all spirit, regardless of who you think you are in a physical light of day, all spirit are part of that which is God, part of that which is beautiful, eternal, painful, resentful, all of those other negative situations that you think exist in the physical state and the beautiful things that you fill your emotional field and your journey of life with in a physical state are just little bits little pieces of the emergence of understanding. When you look to your beautiful, pure spirit, even if you are a murderer, you will understand heaven. 
you will understand the purity of the universe and the purity of the representative that you can become to realize. Because truthfully, you are part of that which is God. That means to say, all matters of hierarchy, all angels and fluid uh, beings of light, are what you are, because you are all part of the same. The meaning and walk of your life and how that is addressed karmically for your journey, or how that is addressed in the way and manner of your choosing at this present time, because of decision-making properties you have or possess or someone else possesses over you, become the signatory talents of what you aspire to be or what you fail to see. When you look into the universe of life, when you look at your beautiful pure spirit, you are seeing the absolute purity of is. And there is no other word to say. So if you're trying to aspire to some other kind of hierarchical claim or chain or aspiration, oh, that means I'm down this part, the 144,000 uh, uh, soul groups of this kind or that kind. Interestingly enough, it was 144,000 souls who were supposed to be repatriated from the earth and saved by uh, alien craft in the year 2012, I understand. And 144,000 of this or that were supposed to be separated out from the rest of humanity as those who were bought their tickets to do so and had proclaimed their allegiance to some other hierarchical claim made by some other human being of the earth. Or perhaps in testament to it through some angel or angelic. This is not the universe. The universe is your beautiful, pure spirit, as well as the beautiful, pure spirit of your neighbor, your neighbor's dog, cat, budgerigar, or mouse. All of life upon the human planet, the beautiful planet of Earth, is the same subject to no hierarchy, but beauty, potential, growth, realization, and love, potentially, but not always revealed. That's a matter of choice. Okay, thank you for that answer, Gregory. I've got just three more questions now. Yes. Um, okay, so do plants have soul groups? Do plants have soul groups? A very interesting point. I have talked long with various different plant fields, in a sense, in the spirit world, what happens to plants, for some, their spirit appears to transcend the physical journey, and absolutely, that means that you, as a beautiful, pure spirit, when you return to the spirit world, are able to converse with. Talking to a cloud of daffodils is like talking to no other being because they seem to have an attention span which is greater than many. And that is because even though there may be hundreds of thousands of them, they think with one voice. And they come with a whole set of situations which are delivering excitement and revelation. It's like, in a sense, how can I say this? It's like the way in which when a human being actually communicates with a tree or allows that tree understanding 
or empathy trail that comes to that being when they walk within the forest or when they come upon its branches that they suddenly feel at one and blessed and held and understood all in one breath. That is, in a sense, how it really is in the spirit world with plants and their spirit antithesis, uh, the spirit nature of other dimensional state of reality. It's part of the reason why it is that when you as a human being behave badly toward a plant, for some it might grow in spite of you, <laughs> purely and simply because it wants to try to help you to overcome the problems of your distaste of its state of reality in your domain. And at other times, it will be that it just simply succumbs because actually there's something else wrong with your energy that disagrees with its integrity. So, do plants have souls? In a sense, they do. Do they have spirit? Yes, absolutely. Whether their soul comes into their spirit manifestation as a physical being is another matter. Sometimes plants don't reveal themselves and they keep themselves quite aloof and wrapped up. Try having a conversation with some kind of stone plant or a cactus. It's actually quite difficult to do. Although I understand they do actually respond quite well to the human voice. But they like and enjoy song and long-noted situations, not the up-and-down kind of bumpy ride that they have with a human voice. So singing to them is much kinder. And uh, that means to say that when they return to our side of life in some form or another, I'm not going to state Categorically, it's one thing or another. They also carry the reflection of energy that they undertook during their physical life. And they also then marry that with those of others of their soul group or others of their genetic. Because cell memory is something that's a part of their life. Okay, well, the, the following question as well is, um, okay, she wants to know, does this also apply to, to grass as well? Yes. Yeah, and do plants yes, have doorkeepers as well? No. No, okay. Uh, and also, um, can we belong to more than one soul group? It is possible, potentially, for your journey to migrate from one to another. Very seldom would that happen during your one single physical life upon the earth. So it me would mean, for example, as with yourself, dear friend, being an OPAC mean meant that actually the OPAC state of your spirit during that stage of your heritage, in a sense, meant that you came from a different originality. Not a different originality like different God manifestation or different creator manifestation. I mean originality as in respect of that your spirit actually had that fulfillment wish of being able to contemplate so many mystifying, perplexing situations of what teetering upon a, a physical state might be or endure to be, how you, for example, might make or manage your life journey if it was over the passage of 40,000 years and parts of it were not ascribed as being physical, but parts of it were non-physical. It would mean that in a certain sense, it could be said that the part of your soul group was actually linked to that anyway. Or it may be that your soul group of whilst you are in that state of being was in a sense tentatively linked maybe 
to 20 or 30,000 other soul groups. And that potentially it was really to see as to which direction your spirit wanted to manifest itself and whether it wanted to be of one particular vantage point or another, or one quest or another quest, then that would denote which other soul group you became a part of. Or maybe that it was that because of your OPAC heritage at that time, that you were actually well suited to the soul group that you were already aligned to as your beautiful, pure spirit moved away from the creation of all life. Okay. And also, does the galaxy, the universe, and each entire physical dimension have its own Akashic record? Um, and also, does, does insects have its own Akashic record? The last part, can you repeat? Does each galaxy, universe, and even entire physical dimensions have its own Akashic record? Mm. And do insects have an Akashic record or yes. spirit? Yes, yes, yes. Very well. Insects have spirit, yes. Their spirit is not necessarily ascended or is not necessarily lowly. A spirit or bu a bug spirit may well be very attentive and may be full of love, just like a human being, or may be full of anger, just like a human being. But it's not its spirit at all, really. It's just the physical manifestation that it had whilst being physical. So when you are looking at different insects and situations of different species, you have to understand that the physical manifestation of them whilst they endured the physical life was purely and simply their creative life force. It was simply the part of the evolution and chain at which interval it came to have a physical life. That doesn't mean to say that it manifests the spirit that being is. Now, with respect to galaxies and that kind of situation, galaxies tend to, they're not, they don't have a spirit as such. Galaxies are the controlling energy and entity of all of the suns and planets that are part of it. And they have a spirit. So planets have a spirit. Gaia has a, has a spirit. All planets of your solar system have a spirit. And so too does your sun. And that is the same thing that is repeated throughout the universe. But a connection. Sorry, can I just interject? What about the central sun, though, of the galaxy, which is the, the big black hole, the bulge in the middle? A black hole does not have a spirit. It's a mechanism. It is a mechanism of, uh, uh, I won't say duality, it's a mechanism of uh, a situation whereby massive forces exist and is purely present because of the forces exerted by suns and stars and other potential galaxies and how they evolve, create, and the physical mass passes away. So a black hole is not necessarily, is not necessarily a good thing. A black hole is not something that has spirit, therefore has potential emotion, emotive state, I want to do this, I do this because. It is a situation, a platform, which exists due to the pressures of the universe. And that is why it's in itself, in existence, is not a life form. Okay. So what about the universe itself, like the entirety of the, this universe? Is that, does it have its own spirit? Or is that a collection of all of the suns and planets, as you say? Yes, that's right. It's, it's a collection. The same as any other dimension has a collection of all of its energy and all of the energy differences which exist within it, yes? And don't, and don't forget that none of this takes away from what suns actually are in a physical sense, that they are uh, dynamos, they, they are uh, hubs of energy which are created by chemical 
and gaseous uh, uh, configurations, which is why they create the energy mass that they do. Indeed, yeah. Okay. All right, so we've actually just uh, worked our way through quite a few questions there. So um, thank you, Gregory, for answering all those and uh, for being so patient to answer them. And also, I hope that it wasn't too depressing on the first part and people got some good insight into the second part anyway and some really good questions. So please feel free to send any more in. And um, again, thank you, Gregory, and the White Cloud Group. It's always an honour. Thank you so very, very much, my dear friend Ian. Thank you so, and with love and light and blessings all upon your journey of light. And remember, please, do not forget, you are one single individual who has a voice, collected with many others, to sing your song and help others to understand what they can make of their life. God bless. God bless. If you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show or visit www.spirit-teaching.com.